Hello and welcome to my podcast for the EDB 604 Social Issues in Education course. My name is Emily Forte and the topic that I will be presenting on is the school to prison pipeline. And my topic is stemming from the article by Dr. Susan McCarter entitled The School to Prison Pipeline. Dr. Susan McCarter is an associate professor of social work at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte. Her research focuses on forensic social work with adolescents, specifically addressing a race and ethnicity, juvenile justice, child welfare, education, and health. She began her career as a juvenile probation officer, and she also did work as an inner city mental health counselor and a policy analyst in Virginia, which is where she earned her master's of social work in clinical practice and PhD in social policy. McCarter currently leads UNC's Racial Equity Skill Building Caucus, and she also leads multiple funded research studies examining the school-to-prison pipeline, juvenile justice, and racial equity, and she speaks and trains nationally on these topics. Diving into McCarter's article, the school-to-prison pipeline can be defined as the path that is created from the educational system to the juvenile justice system. McCarter's article begins with facts and numbers representing the increase of suspensions in juvenile crime over the last couple decades, with the numbers doubling and sometimes even tripling. There are, are several factors that are thought to have attributed to these increases. For example, in 2001, the No Child Left Behind Act was passed, which was supposed to improve academic outcomes for disadvantaged learners. However, instead, schools experienced more pressure, overcrowding, extremely diverse student populations, and inadequate resources. Furthermore, school-based offenses are where the school-to-prison pipeline is believed to begin. The most common school-based offenses being disrespect, disruptive behavior, communicating threats, penalty petty larceny, or fighting. Reading these popular school-based offenses made me think back to Gorski's text, Reaching and Teaching Students in Poverty. Gorski addresses how there are many biases that are directed specifically at certain populations, and many of these biases, such as disrespect and disruptive behavior, go along with these biases, biases that are commonly attributed to certain populations. Furthermore, factors that affect the school-to-prison pipeline are zero-tolerance policies, race and ethnicity, testing, exclusionary discipline, sex, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, disability and mental health issues, school climate, and school resource officers. There are quite a few factors, as you can see, that are relating to the school-to-prison pipeline. However, I found the most important of those to be the school climate, exclusionary discipline practices, and race and ethnicity. In regards to school climate, I believe that school climate closely ties in with school resource officers and disability and mental health issues. Schools that do not provide students students with school counselors or in-school social workers are not helping their students cater to any of their needs that take place outside of the academic environment. Furthermore, school resource officers are being increasingly placed in schools, and this is doing more harm than good because they are creating this very 
tense environment that is treating discipline way harsher than it needs to be treated in most cases. And then we have exclusionary discipline, which would be out-of-school suspensions and expulsions. And this type of discipline is removing students from the academic environment where school is often this safe place, this encouraging place for students, and it's taking them away from that and leaving them to their own accord to survive, so to speak, in their own community uh, on the streets, which can often lead to students involving themselves in in crimes or in things that may not be the best choices for them. And then we have race and ethnicity. A large portion of the demographic that demographic that is most at risk for the school to prison pipeline is black students and Latino students. And this is definitely something to be recognized. And so what can we do to help put a stop to the school to prison pipeline? We can use positive and appropriate school discipline measures. We can place social workers and school counselors inside of schools so that we can help students address all of their needs. We can improve the school climate, make it, make it a more positive and encouraging environment. We can use culturally re- relevant pedagogy and also assist teachers with this process by providing them with appropriate professional development. And we can use data to improve the needs of the school. Just as all learners have different needs, every school and every community has different needs based on the demographic of their community. So it is important to use research-based methods and data-driven practices to inform the models we implement in our school districts. And then we can facilitate re-enrollment for students coming back from out-of-school placements. So students who are coming back into the school environment from expulsions or out-of-school suspensions, we can create an environment that is rehabilitating them, so to speak, to come back into the school environment in a very positive and encouraging manner. And we can make ourselves aware that excessive discipline harms our students, our teachers, and our community. And a greater awareness of these factors that affect the school-to-prison pipeline will help schools make the necessary changes. Before concluding my podcast, I also watched the Vox video, which is located under the extra credit resources in our Blackboard course shell. And I just wanted to read off a couple of the alarming statistics that were addressed in this video. These statistics are out-of-school suspensions have doubled since the 1970s, and they keep increasing even though the juvenile crime rates are continuously dropping. The number of school resource officers has increased by a third between 1997 and 2007. Schools with officers have five times the amount of arrests for disorderly conduct than schools who do not have them. Officers are more likely to be on campus if the demographic of the school is over 50% Black. In the recent years, statistically, one in six students were Black, but were one in three for school arrests. And Black students are also suspended or expelled three times more than white students. 
I felt that these statistics were very necessary to address because of how alarming they were. Some of the clips embedded within the Vox video are hard to watch, so I am going to leave that there as a disclaimer. But I would like to thank you for listening to my podcast, and I hope that it was informative and helpful in your journey to learning more about the school-to-prison pipeline. Thank you.